Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Uh, yeah, we, we're starting just a little bit late because um, we spared you the, uh, the fire alarm drill, <laughs> which began promptly at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and appears to be over, although sometimes they pop up again. So that is good news. The not-so-good news is Susan is not here yet? Okay, well, just give me a, a raised eyebrow when she shows up. And um, uh, guys, uh, wow, I, uh, yesterday, after having watched the first part of the Michael Jackson Leaving Neverland documentary on HBO, said that the one thing I came away from it was sad, just sad. After watching the second half last night, sad is still there, but just plain anger as well. I, um, I was, I guess what the documentary does, which is brilliant, is it starts off just slowly sort of taking you in like Michael Jackson took the boys in. And so you feel that, and that's what you heard from me yesterday. Well, oh, he was so troubled. And the more detail you get in the second two hours, plus, plus, seeing the impact on these families, marriages broken up, relationships with parents severed, poisoned, um, one of the boys, now a 41-year-old man, who seemed so okay <laughs> in the first two hours to me, is shown to be really such a mess and such a wreck with children of his own now and still trying to come to terms with it. And the palpable fear you can see that he has of what his coming out, telling the truth, uh, will result in for him, which is, of course, the anger, rage, threats of Michael Jackson's supporters who are legion and are global. I don't know if any of the rest of you watched these four hours. They were hard to watch. And then on top of it all, there was a fifth hour on HBO last night. I don't know if the show, if watching that show will always be followed by, by this fifth hour, which was an interview with Oprah Winfrey of the two men and the director of the documentary. And that was powerful stuff. And I must say, I sit here chastened and much more educated about child abuse, sexual abuse, how insidious it can be, 
how it is almost always somebody that is trusted, that is known. You think of all the parents, you know, the parents who you know don't let their kids walk anywhere, do anything. What is it they're afraid of? I guess they're somewhere in their heads they think their child is going to be abused, right? Someone's going to snatch them and abuse them. That is not. That is like such a minuscule. The odds of that are so tiny. Your children are more at risk in your own house, (laughs) amongst your own circle, a relative they know, a neighbor, a friend, someone who is adored. And we can be told that a million times, and it just doesn't sink in because it runs counter to our, I guess, I think our our need, our desire to think that we would recognize an abuser. We would know one. We could tell. And the reality that we can't, this is why so many parents end up actually enabling their child's abuser. Well, you love Uncle So-and-so. We're going to, you can stay at his house while we go. Stuff like that. And children are easily, uh, I, what, what I heard from the uh, men and from others that were in the audience who had also suffered in the same way is that when it's somebody that you love, that you might even worship as the celebrity, Michael Jackson, your star, the guy whose pictures you have all over your bedroom before you even met him, and then he chooses you to love. If you're seven, well, if you're 25, that's powerful. If you're 60, I guess that's powerful. But if you're seven, it's overwhelming. And to come to terms with it, to acknowledge it, requires a courage that is unbelievable and a willingness to pretty much obliterate your childhood. Oh my God, that childhood, that story I told myself, everything, it's all a lie. Most people don't want to go there, and so they live these tortured lives. We now know that abuse of children, sexual abuse of children, I think, is rampant. I don't know what the numbers are. I I think Oprah said last night, one in six boys. (laughs) And most will never talk of it. Some have totally repressed it. Others are crippled by it, even if they don't even know that's what they're crippled by, which is what you find out in this documentary. Oh my God, compartmentalizing parts of their lives, not having a clear idea what real love is. Michael Jackson did that to these two and more. 
and no one could watch these four hours and think otherwise. And I didn't see the beginning of the Oprah part, but I'm thinking that Oprah, I know that Oprah was sexually abused as a child herself, so she has a, she gets it, knows it. But I also think she knew Michael Jackson and probably was, you know, I'm sure she knows the family. Uh, in terms of black superstars, uh, she's up there in the same firmament. And she did say on the show to the two, you know, we're going to, I think she said, get it. It's going to come on us. She was saying, hunker down because we are about to be ripped apart limb from limb by the millions of people who cannot bear to let go of their idea, of their childhood with Michael Jackson, right? It was heavy stuff, and I the whole time was cringing at so much of what I said yesterday about it after just seeing half of it. And also, before I really had had time to digest it, because I too was seduced by the aura. I mean, I knew he was an oddball, totally odd, but I bought into his own pain and his crippled life. And because people who knew him would say that he was so kind and gentle. And that's the hard thing to, to get through your head, that the person who can be kind and gentle and help you in so many ways can also be the guy who's going to destroy your mental health, steal your childhood. Because his was stolen, I guess, and he's trying to make up for it. Who the hell knows? New York Times today has this big story about uh, how Michael Jackson's fans aren't, are, they are armed and ready. So Oprah knew exactly what she was talking about. And um, they are going to be coming after anybody who believes what that four-hour documentary puts forward. I, could, I couldn't sleep last night after it. I hadn't wanted to watch it. I sort of knew I was in for something pretty eviscerating, and there it was. So I, I do recommend it because it is uh, pretty damn well done. And I, I almost recommend her, <laughs> her hour, uh, as much as the, the documentary. There's a reason she was uh, renowned for her skill in 
interviewing and in also creating awareness around certain issues. I mean, she's, she is the master. I can't say she is the mistress, can I? No. So master has to become, I guess, a gender neutral term, like actor. Not sure. Susan's uh, overslept, I guess, huh? Who the hell knows? Um, well, okay, so that's really all I have on that, and I, uh, okay, um, how out of a, am I? Did you know that Wendy Deng, that would be the uh, former wife of Rupert Murdoch. I thought when she left him she was dating, wait a minute, who was she dating? She goes from one, well Jerry Hall and Wendy Dang go from like one one extraordinarily rich celebrity husband to another. They just then move on to the next. But I thought, I forgot, but here, here it says Wendy Deng, who was Murdoch's wife for a long time, is dating Vladimir Putin? I guess once you've been with Rupert Murdoch, where is there to go? I mean, you're up in a, I supply is low at that point, but this is there, this is a woman clearly drawn to power and knows how to, how to land these guys. But I don't know if anyone can snopes that for me or something. It says, this is from a tweet. Um, it says, I, I had uh, to read this four times to wrap my head around it. Wendy Deng, who is dating Vladimir Putin now, is like really close friends with Ivanka and Jared. And in fact, got them back together. They had dated and then fell apart and Wendy got them back. Wendy and Ivanka took off on some kind of trip together pretty much, I think, right before the election. Now here's, and Rupert Murdoch, we have found out from that extraordinary piece in The Atlantic by Jane Mayer, that Rupert Murdoch closed down. He had a reporter who had, in fact, found the links to uh, Trump's payoffs to Stormy Daniels and other stuff and had wanted to, and that reporter was shut down. Uh-uh, we ain't going there. Good work, kiddo, the uh, person said. But we ain't, we ain't uh, airing that because Rupert wants Donald to be president, something like that. Okay, so, I mean, we are looking here at <laughs> how come Jews get blamed for running the world? There's not a Jew to be found in this picture. 
There's Wendy Dang. Oh, Ivanka and Kushner. Yeah, right. There's Donald Trump, Rupert Murdoch, Roger Ailes. Jesus Christ. The sordidness of this story knows no bounds. But I still can't believe Wendy Deng is dating Vladimir Putin. Did she maybe show up with him at an event? Wow, is she a piece of work. And who is Jerry Hall married to now? Help me. What old Mick Jagger's ex? What old what old gazillionaire is she married to now? What? Oh, Jerry Hall's married to Murdoch. <laughs> oh, oh, that's it. Right. So there's, oh my God. So there's, <laughs> I mean, you're up there at that rarefied territory, and I guess you just, what, you just, it's musical chairs. So you got Murdoch and, and Putin some of the most powerful men in the world and, and the same sort of women going in and out uh, of, of these alliances. Jerry Hall and Wendy Deng. Well, they, they got a certain skill. And it can't just be sex because those guys can have any sex they want. So it's got to be some amazing ability to know exactly what these rich, powerful men want. Wow. Just creepy as all hell. Why do I feel so alone? Is it because Susan didn't call in? I'm going to um, text her real fast. Not that that'll do anything. You think that will, um, I don't want to call her because if she is sleeping, she must need to be. Um, so I'll just say, uh, uh, where are you? Where are you? Um, let's see. Um, the Washington Post did a piece on um, Oprah Winfrey's uh, interview, and uh, and it talks talks about how she is, you know, girding for the the backlash. Um, it's. Um, again, I just, I, I, I couldn't sleep last night, so I don't know. I'm sure these people didn't sleep uh, last night. Uh, she, she says the word abuse sort of is not the right word. And it, it, it's inaccurate. And so it, it messes up our idea of what it is we're talking about. Um, She says that children often cannot articulate what they're going through if they're being abused because 
they first of all don't have the language and they have been seduced and entrapped that's how i mean you think of the 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 priests who do it those are men of power and they're trusted and they're revered and you're a child and when you're a young boy they didn't feel they were being abused Michael told them they were loving each other and that's how they incorporated it and that's why they were willing to lie for him in uh, in trials and stand up for him and to this day one of these poor guys the one that's still more damaged said that just the night before the, the documentary aired, he had this feeling of guilt that he had let Michael down. You mess with a kid's idea of who they are and how reality works and what it is. You define for them the terms and the environment and they they buy it and then to ask them to negate it all is for a lot of people that's a bridge too far uh, they simply didn't see it as abuse he told me it was love says one of them he told me he loved me and that God had brought us together anything he said to me would be gospel And to see how Michael, when he starts getting trapped, when people, you know, the trials come, the accusations, how he tries to manipulate not just the kids, but their parents and their siblings, and then later even their, their wives. It's, it's mind-blowing. Um, and of course the Jackson family is, uh, is really, it is true, they're coming for them. So you're, you're going, we're all going to be treated now to a pretty ugly, uh, pretty ugly scene. Uh, she asked if they had forgiven Jackson or their families, or themselves. And no, they can't even get to their families or themselves, let alone him. And, and, and she said, and I just want to point this out, the story is bigger than, uh, than any one person, and don't let any person in your world make this story about what Michael Jackson did or didn't do. It's about these kids. It's about this thing, this insidious pattern that's happening. And we refuse to look at it.
So there you have it. I don't know a parent who could watch that and not wonder. So. I want to point out that tomorrow we will have two guests uh, in the studio. Uh, one is a producer, the other is a playwright and actor, and uh, their play, which is touring the United States, is called uh, Wiesenthal, Nazi Hunter. They detoured to Pittsburgh. The tour was not scheduled initially for Pittsburgh, but after the Tree of Life massacre, they um, felt that they needed to bring it here, and it will be here, um, I think, is it this weekend or next weekend? I'll, we'll find out tomorrow, I think it's the weekend after, and um, it will be a it will be produced at the August Wilson Cultural Center, so I'll get you there that way, if no way else. And um, powerful stuff, so that's uh, for uh, tomorrow. Um, Roger writes, I like Michael Jackson. He and I were close in age, and growing up with a child star was wonderful. Becoming a parent, <coughs> And seeing family dysfunction and paying attention to news, I also know men are and have always been a problem in the sexual predator arena. The Catholic Church, Bill Cosby, Kevin Spacey, Matt Lauer, you know, on and on, believe me, that's... Michael Jackson put himself at risk for this. The parents of these kids put the boys at risk. At this point, I believe most of the boys. The problem is Jackson is dead and can't defend himself. He was an, an icon and he was black. And so a lot of us feel the need to like, you know, because the bigots jump on this. Liberals hate all of this on a multitude of levels. Huh. Race shouldn't matter, but it's one of the big things that are ripping us apart. Substitute George Michael for Michael Jackson in this story and the dynamics change completely. Now, you're hard-pressed to find somebody with the celebrity of Michael Jackson. I mean, he was in another universe. And uh, the people that he netted and pulled in and seduced didn't have a chance. They were ordinary people, regular ordinary people. It'd be an odd person who wouldn't be starstruck. Yeah. I was thinking it's good that Jackson is dead for him because <laughs> um, he'd end up like Bill Cosby. He'd end up in jail. And disgraced. And as I said yesterday, that might be why he couldn't sleep at night. His demons, as he said over and over, I would never hurt a child. And I guess he believed that too. 
he seduced himself. It's hard to watch, but there it is. Um, we got a caller. Caller, go ahead, please. Uh, good morning. Hi. Clarence. Hi, Clarence. Hi. I haven't seen the show. Hmm. Probably won't. But um, last week I was trying to, I don't know, put some thoughts together because, uh, of course, I, I, when I was a kid, a little boy with my big fro who danced, oh, he's like Michael Jackson. Been compared to Michael Jackson. I did the moonwalk before Michael Jackson even did it. <laughs> but, and then there's Bill Cosby. Of course, you know, my, we, my family used to lie in the dark and listen to Bill Cosby albums when I was a little boy, probably about the same age, you know, yeah. those two. Right. But I had to let them go. <laughs> you know what I mean? The evidence is too overwhelming. I had to let them go. So the thought I was having was comparing that to Trump supporters. Yeah. You know what I mean? It your, is your the same idea, thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's like the same thing. It is the same it, thing. It, and, and then writing something and saying, he's not who you think he is or thought he was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to face that reality. And then they're comparing us. When you look at all the defense of Michael Jackson, Bill Cosby, um, who's who's the, the latest uh, black celebrity? Oh. Um, oh, you I can't think of his name. Yeah, the one. Oh, you know, R. With, Kelly. With the, R. Kelly. R. Kelly. And I said, if you look at black people and how they're defending him with all this evidence against him, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and against tough. Michael Jackson and against Bill Cosby, and you say, oh, that's ridiculous. Can't you see? Can't you see? Look at the evidence. Now think about yourself and how you're defending Trump. Right. <laughs> it's the same thing. It is, <laughs> it, and it's hard. You know? It is hard to step up when it's somebody. I, I mean, I was. I, I, I know, and. I'm not black, but if I were black, it would be a much bigger struggle to acknowledge this. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. without I, I've always been, I've never been the type of person to, you know, admire celebrities. You know what I mean? But Bill Cosby, if, if there were two, matter of fact, the oh. only two, oh. <laughs> were oh. Bill Cosby and Michael Jackson. Literally the only two. You know, like I said, well, you know, I try to be funny all the time. That's 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 a huge influence of Bill Cosby. No, I don't know if you ever seen me dance, but I was known for two things in, in high school: dancing and art, and and you know, and class clown. I'm funny. That those are my things, and, and those those two celebrities. And it's like, oh, for goodness sake! But there are the evidence. I, I, I literally threw away my uh, Bill Cosby book, the one that I had, something about fatherhood, and deleted all my Michael Jackson songs. And I had a ton. And let and let and let uh, Janet, another one, come out and try to defend her brother. She's gone. Really? <laughs> I, I mean, you're that really? Yeah. I mean, like you. Yeah. How do you? If keep she comes your... out and defends her brother, <laughs> I have to. You know what I mean? Because I can't sit there and dance to a Michael Jackson song without thinking about him abusing some little boys. Hmm. It's like, I can't have it there. <laughs> I, can't, I used to quote Bill Cosby skits all the time. I don't do it anymore. <laughs> because all they think about, oh, I'm sitting here quoting a rapist. I can't do it. Because it, it just brings rape and child abuse is going to come to my mind when I listen to the songs or listen to the comedy. Oh, 
God. Like it's a you know it's a it. it's a great loss to you and to I mean yeah. it it is. But it, it, you said like ruin, ruining childhoods, and that's basically what it did. What these things did. Um, my <laughs> form like former teachers that I you know you know they still live in Cannesburg. Oh, Clarence, you don't have to call me Mister So So. You can just call me by my first name. No, I can't. That right. ruins my childhood. You're always going to be Mister So and So. Right. You know. Yeah, so I got gotcha. you. So that, that's, yeah. So I mean, you know, so if he, you know, think of the impact on on just you of of this betrayal, um, mm -hmm. and, and then imagine if you were literally that's... in his thrall in such an intimate way. Um, wow. The the uh, and, and, yeah, that's that's what that's exactly the point. You know, I do have a vivid imagination. I know I can't actually get there, but I can get damn close. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's that's why he, all his fault. He just has to go. I might, you know, I might. I'll never walk backwards again. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> See, that, that you know, him. you know what though? He um, the the documentary does go into it in such detail that it it's pretty hard. To, um, I mean, he, he's he was in many ways. I mean, he was this, he was so many different things, but he was also a monster. I mean, his own. I, it's just hard to believe because I always wanted to be on his side. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is, if somebody with the level of Oprah, you know, yeah. is is is, and that's going to be. You want to talk about something hard for black people to. You might see, like, black people's heads exploding on the street. That's right. No, that's right. And that's why she, I mean, she knows. I mean, it, it's a very brave thing she's done here, too. Because mm -hmm. she's going to, yeah. that's why she said on the show, you know, they're going to come at us or we're, we're in for it. And mm -hmm. her. But yeah. If anybody can lead credibility to these people, to these two, it's right. Oprah. Exactly. You right. know, to these, these kids, it's, it's Oprah. That, that, you know, it, it's Oprah. And then, and if Barack Obama comes out and supports Oprah, the Jackson <laughs> so, family, the Jackson family members just give up. You know, they, so, so don't even try to like defend your 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 crazy brother's you know honor because you got the wow. You're, 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 he's done. So wow. Well, thank you for that. Thank you. Oh, you're I'm, welcome. I'm sorry. Okay. Bye. I, yeah. Bye. Okay. I'm sorry. God, bye. that's rough. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> My two greatest heroes as a child, Michael Jackson and Bill Cosby. Damn. Yeah. All right. Uh, Beth writes in regard to Murdoch's ex. <laughs> yeah, no wonder I forgot that. Murdoch, on the rebound, marries Jagger's ex, Jerry Hall. Oh, did she have anybody, any other rich old wrinkled man in between? God. Anyway, Beth says, when she was dating Murdoch, there were rumors that she was a Chinese spy. I do remember that. I remember reading an article about how there had been a great deal of concern about how smooth she was and what an operator even though she did some of her higher education in the States, uh, 
this is Wendy Deng, she has an MBA from Yale, her rapid involvement in Chinese broadcasting and internet service approvals in China for Western companies was quite impressive, especially for someone whose family was not involved in Chinese media services. So she rose very, yeah, very quickly. Well, yeah. I did not hear the one that she was dating Putin, but it wouldn't surprise me. You know, yeah, I mean, you know, after Murdoch, where do you go? After Jagger, where do you go? You go to Murdoch. Maybe Wendy should try to take up with Jagger. I don't know. He's really not her type, clearly. She really likes raw power and um, doesn't need to get mixed up with just celebrity. Oh, God. So what else do we have here? Oh, my God. Uh, good news. <clears throat> Eric Holder is not going to run for president. I mean, I've been waiting for more of these because if everybody who's mulling it over still gets in, there's going to be 30 people. <laughs> and it's so interesting how people are already, like, taking, you know, with somebody taking sides. I don't see how you possibly can. I, it's mind-boggling. So thank God. Thank you, Eric Holder. Um, Jesus. But we got Hickenlooper. I mean, who can't... Who the hell knows? Anyway, I got something here that I want to... Um, uh, share with you. It's from the uh, science section of the New York Times today. And um, it reminds me of one of those stories that I love to tell about the power of television. And I mean, this goes back 30 years. How um, WTAE 11 o'clock news once ended with this little kicker story that uh, I was sitting at home watching and, and my mouth fell open because it went something like this. I've told you this story, I'm sure. Great news for women suffering from yeast infection. And then it was something like doctors or studies show that if you microwave your panties, Uh, that'll do the trick or something. And what happened is that apparently hundreds of women got up and ran and got all their underwear and threw it in the microwave and microwaves were exploding and uh, I, there was a case, somebody else did the story in an Arizona station, there was a case of a fire uh, erupting in one house where fire trucks had to be called. So. The thing is, is that there was an important adjective left out of the story, and that was um, cotton. Uh, make sure those undies are cotton, because if you put in ones that have, you know, petrochemicals in them, it's going to explode. Anyway, I say I'm reminded of that because I'm about to tell you about an experiment you can do uh, involving your microwave, <laughs> and, and I'm fearful. <coughs> I don't see how fire can result in this, but I don't know. This is from the science section of the New York Times, and I don't even understand it. Like, I don't know, I guess, what plasma is. 
I mean, I know there are blood plasmas, and I've heard of plasma screens, and but exactly what plasma is, I could no more define than, I don't know. So here's the story. And this is some physicist <laughs> who wrote an article in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Now this involves grapes and plasma and microwaves. Listen, it's just one sentence. The physicist wrote, it is a truth universally acknowledged that a pair of grape hemispheres that would be, take a grape and cut it in half, and you get grape hemispheres. A pair of grape hemispheres exposed to intense microwave radiation will spark, igniting a plasma. Igniting a plasma? And the Times jumps in there and says, is, what that means is that if you cut a grape in two, oh, it's not that, it's more complicated. If you cut a grape in two, but leave the two hemispheres connected, you know, by not cutting through that final piece of skin. So you got the grape, but you have left them connected with a little bit of, of, of skin. and then you microwave it at high temperatures, I guess, the microwave will spark. No, the grape in the microwave will spark. What does that mean? It'll like, what does that mean? And produce a plasma that can sometimes be seen as a glowing cloud floating up above the grape halves. Now, excuse me. Okay, how many of you right now are running? You're running. I know we got grapes here somewhere. I mean, seriously. I, and I'm afraid because I, you know, I've been telling a story about the yeast infections and panties for so long. But I am just saying it could. It doesn't mean it will happen, I guess. It can produce a spark that can be, and, and produce, the spark produces plasma? that can sometimes be seen as a glowing cloud floating above the grape halves. And this process is universally known among people who watch certain videos online. Okay, so it's available online. Well, why don't you just look online? Plasmas sound as if they only occur in the heart of the sun or in a fusion reactor what? What is it? Or in other rare circumstances. But what you see in a lightning bolt is a plasma. A flame may be a plasma or include a plasma. And obviously a grape cut just so and put in a microwave can make a plasma.
WTF is all I have to say. But I had to share that with you. I do have some grapes at home, but I think I am going to eschew doing, God bless you, this, really, seriously. Whoa. What? Here's somebody who's refound us, Jen. My spirit has risen listening to Clarence. Don't get a big head over there in Cannonsburg, okay? <clears throat> My spirit has risen listening to Clarence. Oh, how I miss listening to conversations other than the national syndicated programs. Yesterday, I turned on the radio to that big K in the early afternoon. Why don't you guys just stop doing that, okay? I've been hearing so many miserable people calling about that station. And the new talk host was defending Michael Jackson because she felt it was a white conspiracy. Oh, she sounded like the Trump and Penn State supporters. I couldn't listen to her, so I had to turn off and then back to the silence of my house. Aww. Well, Jen, you got to reach out. There's lots of good podcasts out there, I've been told. So look around. I'm good for an hour. <clears throat> and Clarence visits on occasion. Uh, okay, we have another caller. Hello? Hi, Lynn. Uh, Ray from Lawrenceville. Sorry to call so often. Oh, you don't call often, Ray. Don't worry about it. Oh, uh, it feels like it. Okay. It feels like it. Before the, the more serious thing, the plasma is just a gas that's carrying electric charge. If you look up at your fluorescent lights, they're all plasmas. It's a gas through which a charge, uh, electric charge passes and it glows. Okay, but so, that, so blood plasma isn't that. No, no, that's a different plasma. That's, All right. that, that's a separate thing. Oh. Yeah. It's a sense that that liquid carries something. You know, the, the, the blood cells, that's the meaning of that plasma. But the plasma they're talking about, we cut steel with plasma at work. Uh, you ignite a gas and blow that gas uh, quickly, and it'll cut through steel like butter. Jeez. Do you know how much I don't know? That's it. All right. Don't look up. It's all around you. Yeah. Okay, but... Don't you I, think it's weird that, that a grape can produce plasma? Well, the, the off-gassing of, of uh, well, imagine uh, a, a, a fermented grape produces alcohol, right? That you can you can burn in a different stage. Yeah. That grape is giving off gases, similar organic gases that can ignite, provided a spark across the two. Okay. That's why they have to be connected. If you separated them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm speculating there. I'm, I'm kind of talking over my head there. But the plasma <laughs> is, is a gas through which an electric charge passes and produces energy. So. Well, don't you think it'd be um, dangerous then to do this grape thing in your microwave? Could something happen? Well, well that, would, that would depend on the energy, the, 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 how much. If you did it with a 1,000 grapes, yeah, you got trouble. But one grape wouldn't contain enough energy to do much of anything, I would think. Okay, well, I just look. It, 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 Milton just sent me uh, the you know a, a video. <laughs> okay. And yeah, yeah, there's some fire that gets involved. It like wow, oh, Jesus! No, and then a big flame and plasma. I mean, oh my God! Yeah. 
but it says at your own risk. And then don't eat the grape yes. after. Why? Is it radioactive or something? Jesus Christ. No, I don't know. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for attempting to educate me. I'm, I'm beyond. I, I don't understand any you're, of it. Thank you. Yeah, you're surrounded by them. But, uh, okay. The other point, if you have a minute, is I, my wife and I were watching the Michael Jackson last night, and I had to get up and walk the dog because yeah. how uncomfortably familiar that story was for a Catholic growing up. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and I had a, a, a police friend, a man I admired, and to this day, the things he taught me have been informed my life. But reading that most recent 100-page report, found he was mentioned in it mm. for not having offended, but for taking possession of an offender and moving him like a chess piece yeah. you know, out of jurisdiction. Yeah. And that's what struck me, the similarities... My reaction to that, I understand the pedophile police in a way, and I understand Michael Jackson in a way. They're sick or pathological or, you know, but the ones who facilitated it for their own reasons are so much more villainous. And my heart breaks when I think of that man, who I admire, and I, I it's, it's hard. It's hard to hear these things. Because you consider them more villainous because the... Um, the actual pedophile is a sick person, the person who then very coolly and calmly moves them because they don't want, you know, because it threatens their power in some way or whatever. They're, you consider that more evil because they're not they're sick. More yes, they don't have that. It's like, you know, the Camus argument that, you know, if you kill someone in, in a fit of passion, that's one thing that's understandable. Right. But for the state to come up with a list of reasons to execute you, you said that's more heinous because you're, you don't have to do it. You're not compelled. You're not, uh, but the, the heartbreak of the reputation of the men, and that's another thing, that will never, that's over in, in North America and Europe. No one looks at those priests like they used to, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's but it is that way now in Asia and Africa. It's right. still that way. I know it's it is. It's still going on. I know. It's going on. Oh dear. And uh, okay. And, and I just uh, want to say, Clarence has said that plasma is the fourth state of matter. Would you agree with that? Yes. I, uh, the practical the practical way of demonstrating that is to have a gas because it's typically through a gas rather than a liquid or a solid. Uh, You'll see more often when you have a charged gas producing either light or heat. Okay. And that's what you're doing, I believe, with the with the grape, that there's a gas there's a gas emitted and the gas is subjected to the energy of the microwave and a spark occurs and then it, it gives off the glow. Okay. But I wouldn't argue with Clarence. I try not. <laughs> okay. Hey, thank All you. Right. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, bye. Okay. Bye Bye bye. I think I have a caller. Hello. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea culpa. And this is after I even sent you a text last night reminding you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I'm glad I you have, I have no, I have absolutely no excuse. <laughs> Not only that, when I did wake up and I looked at my phone and there was this text from you that says, where are you? It took me so long to get through because I was so out of it. I couldn't <laughs> do it. I couldn't work my phone. It took me like 10 minutes. Well, we missed you, but... Whatever. So hang well, here for hang I'm here just for calling seven to minutes. say, I'm really sorry, folks. This has nothing to do with you and everything to do with me. And time. Well, I'm glad you got a good, uh, you got more sleep. And the dog didn't wake you up. I thought the dog would wake you up. No, the dog was out cold right next to me. That's part of the problem. <laughs> he, he, he was doing full Z's, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Which was, which was keeping me fast asleep. Well, I think he even threw his arm over me when I reached for the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Hey, I. Um, so I'm really sorry, and that's then okay. I interrupt this very serious conversation. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. So, did you watch the Michael Jackson thing? I did. I watched the first two hours. I couldn't do the second two hours. Well, I got to tell you, the second two hours were much more. hard difficult because you see because right. it seemed to me in the first two hours that the guys seemed to be doing pretty okay as men you know they were able to talk about yeah. and it turns out that oh my god um especially the not the aussie the american one is he's just a mess he is just oh. a mess these families have broken apart Marriages have broken apart. They're not talking to their mothers. The mothers are like, uh, all these lives are ruined. Ruined. Well, yeah, I totally get it. And you know, then, the, mothers, I, the mothers didn't know what they didn't know. I can't believe they didn't know it. But it was just something that wasn't in their realm of possibilities. Well, you know, I sort of get that. Oh yeah, but believe me, one of the mothers in particular, the Australian mother. Um, oh, they're both. They're, they're neither of them are good people. I don't think. Um, well, they both saw an advantage for themselves. In they a life both for were. They yeah. Didn't want to give up. They both were pushing it, and uh, yeah, whatever. But I, it's the hour after with Oprah Winfrey. She interviews them. And that is a mind-blowing hour. I would watch that, Susan. Um, seriously, okay. it yeah, is. Yeah, Mom and I did the first two nights, and you know, and what I got out of the first two hours is that I absolutely believe them. You know, the stories were too. Yeah, I believe I, them, but lawyer, I thought if I'm looking at the two stories, yeah. I mean, the, the the grooming methods are identical. Everything right. is identical. Right. You know. And, you know, I. I, I believe them, but I was still sort of under the Jackson spell in that I saw him mostly as a a, a troubled soul himself who who was a kind guy, but he had this, you know, whatever. And that, but the more in the second two hours you see how totally um, outrageously he was willing to manipulate and threaten when he was threatened. How he, it was, it was startling and just blows up whatever 
idea I was harboring, attempting to keep Michael Jackson out of being a monster. Um, but he was a monster. It's it's really something. I. Yeah, I, I I am, I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid, or I'm willing to think of him as a monster. I'm not. I um, um, and I'm willing to cede him all of the excuses one needs to cede him. But nonetheless, he made these choices, and he had the money, and he used his wherewithal to uh, to basically, you know, use and enslave this group of boys. It's and the fact that there are so many that still have so much loyalty to, to them, the fact that there was this unabashed love relationship. He started with these boys when they were so teeny. I mean, you know, teeny. Well, the one, seven years old, the other was ten. Seven years old. Yeah. And then they would be transplant, you know, they would be... Uh, a new boy that they would, but he would keep them all sort of in his orbit. Um, yeah, he just had a little harem. Yeah. And then if there was ever trouble, he'd come back into their lives. <laughs> and talking about how his seduction techniques were not just for the boy, <coughs> but for the parents and the siblings. They were all all yeah. worked and groomed. It it's something. It really is something. So um, yeah. Oh God. So anyway. It's yeah, it. very hard to watch. And you know the guy, the guy, uh, the guy's estate. I mean, you know, at this point, with him dead, I don't know. You know, it's his family that's trying to protect the billions. But I mean, the billions are there. They 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 can sue away, but they aren't going to. You know. I don't think they care about the money. They're both tr these I guys. I don't think they do. No, they, they definitely don't. The these truth. guys are trying to get their lives back together, and part of that is needing to. Uh, as one of them said, the one who testified in two of Jackson's trials. For Jackson and helped get him off, um, right. lied for him. He said, I really, the only reason I want to be in a courtroom again is I want to finally tell my own truth. I want to tell the truth. I want to go into a courtroom and not lie. Um, and you can't watch this thing and not believe these guys. You cannot. There is no way. And listening to the uh, to Jackson talking to them and, oh, God, it's just... And the guilt they feel for getting Jackson off when other boys like themselves had come forward and they helped... Told the truth. Yeah, and they helped ensure that those boys were belittled and seen as you know, money grubbers, and um, the guilt they feel in that. And now they are the boys coming forward, and it's starting all over again because uh, so many people are coming at them now, trying to discredit them. And it's, it's something. 
I would watch the other the other part, Susan, if I were you. I thought it was. I will. I will. I thought it was I the will. more I just, powerful. Uh, I was with our mother that was not interested. She wasn't. After the first, not after the first two hours. She she, she got it. She believed it. She didn't want, want any more of it. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. But um, okay, Sus. I can't. We're out of time. You know. But even think back. Think back to the trauma days. Yeah, we're done. I'm sorry, but I just want to say, think back to the trauma. Oh no, I, I kept wanting to give him a pass because he was such a damaged soul himself, and I don't know. And so it was so obvious, right? Yeah. But I, but that didn't make me not believe the boys that were claiming this. No. Was, I mean that no. that was also equally obvious to me. Yeah. Okay, so, we, we anyway, got it. I'm sorry, folks. I'm it's really okay. sorry. It's okay, it's okay. This is what I sound like with an extra 50 minutes of sleep. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Sus. Bye. And uh, you guys, I'll uh, stay warm, stay warm, and I'll see you uh, tomorrow. And we have these uh, guests. We're talking about uh, Simon Wiesenthal, and I believe this production will benefit uh, the Tree of Life uh, congregation and Simchador, okay? Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoint of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.